Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Christmas Eve, Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish with you. Thanks for tuning in right here on CBS Sports Radio as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. The number to call, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That's the number to get involved. Let's head out to uh, Jersey, shall we? It's our buddy John. It's CBS Sports Radio. He is John, 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 John. He is John, 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 John. He is John, 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 John from Jersey. Johnny from Jersey. And in a Christmas miracle, our computers work again. Just in time to bring John on the air. Just for you, John. Just for you. Thank you, Santa. Oh, my God. I feel special. How about that? The Patriots horse racing savant that you are. Oh, that's what it is. You're a Patriot fan. Everything works out for the Patriots. It all turns out Patriots. That's exactly right. Well, first off, guys, Merry Christmas, seriously, to you both too. you guys and your family. Merry Christmas, Johnny. And, and let me tell you, you know, reality TV, Moose, has nothing on you. Because after that opening today, <laughs> there is money to be made with a reality TV show. Like yeah. a moose life or, or, or a day in the life of a moose. You know, it, it's fun. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think with our house, if you actually put cameras in our house and everything remained and our boys were just the same, I, I honestly, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it would be high-level entertainment. At least entertainment to where you're sitting home late at night and you want to see what the hell went wrong in the Malusa's household today. <laughs> Yeah, or or just shaking your head saying, geez, that poor bastard, the boost. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right, John. That's exactly right. <laughs> and then in, in the middle of all that yesterday, the moose is running around. All this is going on. He's getting text on his phone. Moose, I got a hot one in the third at Gulfstream. Well, that's exactly he, right. John's like, listen, <laughs> this McPeak trainee coming up in at the fairgrounds of the fourth race, send it in. When John from when John from Jersey sends me a text, send it in. I'm like John. Listen, I got things going on. Yeah, but here. you got medical bills to pay <laughs> I, now, yeah, Moose. I, I understand, <laughs> right? I, I but not every pick John sends me. He sends me a lot of winners. They're not all winners. Oftentimes, oh, no. <laughs> oftentimes, like oh, oh god, that was a terrible selection. A lot of the times, he's like, all right, boom, bang, winner, or he sends me stuff exploding and throw an emoji. <laughs> oh my god. Well, at least we can laugh about it. That's it, Johnny. Uh, but uh, real quick about the game last night. I mean, how overpaid is Kirk Cousins? Uh, and I mean, I guess it's all relative. But you know, listening to some stats this morning where he's at zero and nine or zero and ten in Monday Night Football or some ridiculously bad record when his team's trailing going into the third quarter or fourth quarter. I mean, Jesus! If, if, if you're a Jets fan, I mean, and I'm far from a Jets fan, but if you were, when there were so many rumors that they were going to you know, mortgage the bank to get Kirk Cousins. Aren't you happy you didn't do that? Uh, yes. 
Are you happy that Kirk Cousins did never? And, and listen, I don't fault Cousins. I never did. Uh, I don't think he was treated. Oh, no. I, I don't think he was treated with the respect he should have gotten from the Washington Redskins. They treated him more as the redheaded stepchild. He deserved better than that. And he hit free agency at the perfect time. You know, a team that was looked at and saying they were a quarterback away, uh, that Case Keenum was not good enough, that they had everything else in place in order to win a Super Bowl, and that Cousins was the best free agent on the market. But yes, I think the I think Mike McCagnan at the time, who made the who made Kirk Cousins a ridiculous offer, I think the Jets were better off, obviously being in the hands of Sam Donald. They are right now than paying what they would have paid Kirk Cousins. Oh, definitely. I mean, everything in life is about timing, and, and nothing against Kirk Cousins. Great for him. And, you know, make the money when you can. But I mean, he just he just doesn't give the impression when you watch him that they're going to win a Super Bowl with him. Uh, I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree. And last night was a, another perfect case in point and another example uh, why you would believe that. Hey, John, listen, uh, may every may every pick you have over the next coming days be a winning pick. <laughs> I'm going to uh, try uh, Good luck as you're at the Simulcast Center. Hit a pick five, a pick four, and a pick six. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, all right, brother? Same to you. And uh, wish your dad Merry Christmas, too. You got it. Will do. Uh, John from Jersey there, a uh, frequent caller here. Uh, to Taz and the Moose, and uh, uh, does a, a you know, and he is a huge Patriot fan. And we spent this morning talking a little bit about the Packers and the Vikings in the game last night, and a victory for Green Bay as they win the NFC North. Uh, Six time that Aaron Rodgers has quarterbacked the Green Bay Packers to an NFC North title. They're a twelve win team, but they're not getting the respect that they deserve. Or is it a case of you look at those twelve victories, bogus, and you say, ah, you know, they're twelve wins, but you know, are they really? that good of a football team. You are, Bill Parcells used to say, you are what your record is. So the Packers have won 12 of the 15 games that they've played this year. They've got one to go. I mean, that's pretty darn good uh, when you think about it. And they've got an opportunity to be the number one seed in the NFC. They win and the 49ers lose. Uh, they're going to be the number one seed. So, and all all avenues will go through Lambeau Field for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, which... Um is not where you want to play in January slash, you know, uh, or December slash January. But I just, I don't, it's it's odd that both of this game last night leaves us wondering about both of these teams, right? Um, How good actually are the Vikings and how good actually are the Packers? And And I think the easy thing is to say, man, the Packers played defense last night and they ran the football. If they can do those two things consistently here over the next couple of weeks, they're going to be a tough out. But I, I, I still am stuck on... Aaron Rodgers because I went into that game paying close attention to him. I had read, I guess it was last week, an article about how there had been a developing split between Rodgers early and late in games, and the Packers are a team that kind of script the, how they're going to start a game. They have their, you know, they kind of have their first like ten or fifteen plays planned out, and once Rodgers had recently had left that kind of scripted portion of the game plan all of their production had kind of dwindled a little bit. Like, they were they were scoring points early and then struggling late. So I wanted to see if the pattern continued last night, and he never really got it going last night. No. And the three turnovers early, and, you know, it's the point we made almost at the beginning of, of the show back in hour number one, and, you know, I, I, I want to believe in them, I, especially playing at home in Lambeau. But I, I know if, if he can't throw it and they can't catch it and they can't score points that way, I, I can't trust that defense enough against San Francisco or New Orleans or Seattle, um, you know, to to get them through a game anywhere. 
So they've got to get. Well, let me ask you this. Is Aaron Jones good enough to carry that team offensively? I don't think so. You don't think so? I I think. Even with what you saw last night, 154 yards on the ground. He's had an unbelievable year. The fumbles have been an issue. Right. But, uh, you know, catching it and running it out of the backfield, Jones has been an absolute stud for the Packers. Can it not be less about Rodgers? Can it be less about his brilliance of a signal caller and more about running the football, winning at the point of attack? Uh, you know, winning time of possession, getting after the quarterback. They can certainly do that defensively, but offensively can be less about Rodgers pulling a miracle out of his rear end. And can it be more about Aaron Jones basically running it down your throat? Yeah, listen, I, yeah, I, I get it. It's, it's, um, there's two distinct ways to look at it, that this is, that this is good news. Now they actually have a compliment to Aaron Rodgers throwing the football. Because for a long time they haven't had that exactly. kind of a ground game. And he was able to throw it and have success throwing it despite no running game. I just I still think though that they need that passing attack to be maybe dynamic is asking too much based on the weapons around him and, the, and who he's throwing the football to. Um, but I still think they just need more than they've gotten over the last you know, month or so well, let me ask through you, the air. Oh, that's fair. And and listen, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that, especially in this kind of a league, especially with the fact that neither you or I really trust that Packers defense, even after what we witnessed last night. But let me ask the question this way. Is it a case of not having the weapons around him, or is it a case of a regression in the quarterback? Um, I don't think if any regression that's there, I, I don't think that it's um, anything more than kind of the normal regression you've ha- you'd have at the be- at this point of your career. I don't I don't think he's falling off mo- like in any significant way. He just well, and- I mean, because he has no issue throwing at Devontae Adams, right? And Jimmy Graham isn't what he once was, but Jimmy Graham's still a good target. Yeah, although as a tight end, although it, it sounds, and I don't know if it's Jimmy Graham, I don't know if it's defenses, I don't know if it's a Rodgers thing, but but Graham doesn't even get targets anymore. No, he's not getting the targets. But but you would, we would both agree that Jimmy Graham can, if the ball's coming his way, Jimmy Graham's going to make the reception. I like Geronimo Allison. I like. Valdez I don't think Rodgers does, though. No, I, I, I. But that's a. <laughs> but that's also a problem to where you do limit yourself offensively if you're targeting one player sixteen times, right. over the course of the game. I mean, that's where you could look at the regression. Maybe not the physical regression, but maybe it's the mental regression of Aaron Rodgers, where he is too, too much of a lean toward one player, and maybe that's where it's hurting the offense, where he's not spreading the football around enough to where he's building up the confidence of young players around him. Because when I looked at Aaron Rodgers, Bogus, it was never a guy, you know, I looked at Eli Manning not being totally a product of guys around him. I thought Aaron Rodgers was a guy that, you know, you, me, and uh, Bilotti and Shep could be the wide receivers, and Aaron Rodgers would find a way to get us the football. You're seeing less and less of that as he gets older. I, I think where Aaron Rodgers has faltered, and this goes obviously back into the Mike McCarthy era and, and you know, the this kind of almost career-long knock on him is where he, like, you know, he refused to throw the ball away because he didn't want to take the incompletion and he took too many sacks and forced some throws and whatnot. Um, I, I think Aaron has certainly been guilty of almost overcomplicating things. And, you know, maybe he reacts too negatively to a guy's a drop or a misroute, and he can lose confidence in guys too quickly and then not give them the ability to get it back. Um, I don't, And I don't think that there's any, obviously, one pure reason for where they are. But if you, you pull up their games, 
going back into the beginning of November now, the most yards he's thrown for is 243. Yeah. And now that was against a, a giant and a really impressive win, and he threw four touchdowns in that game. But that's his only multiple TD passing game since Halloween. Everything else has been zero or one. He's not throwing picks, only three for the season. But they're just, at the moment right now, you don't need to worry about their passing game the way you used to. And maybe this is me, and I need to adjust the way I look at them. But I'm not ready to think that they can get themselves through January just by running the football and playing defense. In particular, because of the quality of team that they're going to have to deal with in presumably their two play. You know, the, I think right right now they're in position to not play the first weekend. So that so then the divisional round, and if they survive that, whether they're seeing Seattle or San Francisco, and at some point maybe you know Seattle or uh, or New Orleans. I just I don't know that they can do enough on offense right now to get to get through either, any of those teams. All right, here is let's hear from some of the particulars. Here's their head coach Matt Lafleur on what it would mean to get a first round bye in the playoffs. Anytime uh, you can advance one round in the playoffs because every game is so competitive. Not only that, but you, you get a home game at at Lambeau um, would be absolutely critical. Yeah, how about Aaron Rodgers on winning the division in the NFC North? There's really nothing like uh, checking that first uh, box and you know on the goal list to win your division. Obviously secures a home playoff game, and now we're playing for even more coming up next week. Yeah, Aaron Jones ran for a buck 54, including a back-breaking big touchdown run down the left-hand side up in Minnesota last night. Here's Jones, the star running back for the Packers, talking about that ground game. Demoralize him a little bit, and um, we finished the game we, the way we wanted to, and um, but we could still be a lot better. I feel like. How about the losing perspective? Here's Mike Zimmer saying he thinks his Vikings, despite the 13-point loss last night and blowing the lead, he thinks his team will bounce back. Tough loss tonight. Um, uh, we didn't play well enough to win. Give Green Bay some credit. Uh, they did some good things, and uh, you know that's what happens when you don't play play as good as you can. So we'll get back to work and we'll get get going again here and. Uh, regroup and refresh and get back to work. And certainly for Kirk Cousins, frustrated with the O. Just a few plays that we didn't connect on that uh, ended drives for us. And um, our defense played at a very high level tonight. Certainly they played well enough for us to win the football game. Um, but, uh, you know, we just weren't able to put it all together. Yeah, and they're going to have to. And, you know, they might be able to bounce back. And they've had some surprising performances to the positive this year for Mike Zimmer and that Viking team uh, to where maybe you thought that this organization had turned a corner. But then you get the performance last night. And we'll see. And what is a you know, really an NFC that is, aside from the East, you know, is very competitive. Packers, Saints, Niners. There are a lot of teams that you could fall in love with that can think that they could go on that kind of run and get themselves down to Miami in the Super Bowl. Uh, how about, by the way, before I forget, the Zimmer barely handshake with Lafleur after the game? Did you see it? I did see it. I mean, he doesn't. They don't even make eye contact. Zimmer just walks over, just throws the right hand out. They touch a little skid, and off Zimmer goes. I'm assuming just frustrated with his team and the loss, not yeah. You can handle yourself thing. a lot better, but yes, he absolutely should put his hand out and like make eye contact and say good luck. Well, Hopefully, of course, see you again. there's no doubt about it. I mean, <laughs> you, you you win with class and you lose with class. I mean, yes. that's it. I mean, you know, and you know, yeah, you, you know, I have little to no respect for people that you know don't conduct themselves that way. And to be honest with you, you know, when you look at Zimmer, 
I had an issue. Remember Carlson, the kicker, a couple of years ago? Yes. Missed the kicks out in Green Bay. Right. Now he's kicking for the uh, the former Auburn star. He's now kicking for the Oakland Raiders, and Gruden basically loves him. Said he, you know, he's an unbelievable talent at the kicker position, and they cut him. And they were asked it was a difficult you know, decision to cut him. He was basically like, no, yeah. next question. Yeah. And so, like, when you have that kind of a response and you don't show any kind of a human touch to it as a football coach, I mean, let's be honest here. I, you know, I've got no I, – I, I honestly – and I get it's football, it's gruff, it's tough. Uh, I'm not asking you to break down and start crying there and get emotional – but you can handle yourself a lot better there. After I heard, after I saw Zimmer handle that situation with Carlson the way he did, you know what? I've not been the biggest Mike Zimmer fan in the world. Yeah, I'm. I'm with him. I forgot about the Carlson thing. But yeah, he's he's every once in a while he is shown. And I'm. I think sometimes we can get a little carried away with the way guys react um, after a game, after a tough loss. Like, and maybe it's me, and maybe I'm wrong. But like, I like I. I don't. I don't hate. The Zimmer handshake last night. I think it's funny. I think it's like notable. But like, I'm okay with guys being angry when they lose and disappointed when they lose, especially when people like to crush guys after games for shaking hands and giving hugs and talking to their buddies. Like, how come you're not upset? And then when they get upset and they like, they storm off the court, well, then you got to be this and stay out and shake your hands. Like, I, sportsmanship is usually the way to go. But sometimes, and last night was a pretty deflating loss for the Vikings, and Zimmer should be pissed because. They basically no showed on their home on their home field in a yeah, huge but it, game, but the Carlson thing to me is a bigger example of the kind of guy he is because that was after the fact, like it was not in the moment. It wasn't after the game where he was like, "I can't believe my idiot kicker did this." He was. It was what thirty six hours later they caught him, yeah. and he still was acting like a jerk like that. So. Yeah, I, 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 hear you, I hear you on the Zimmer criticism. Yeah, I know. And so, no, and I get it. That's fair. And listen, I get it's emotional. I guess I, I, you know, it doesn't take much. I'm not saying you have to go out and basically bring him a, you know, a cup of Gatorade. Christmas gift, and, yeah. Or whatever. That's and say, a really hey, good win, Right, Matt. that's a great congrats win. Congrats on your or year you one break success. Down. Yeah, oh, you know, how's the, what are you guys going to have on the team flight home? Are you having a <laughs> steak you and like potatoes? like our new building? It's nice, right? right? Breets and meats. Yeah. I mean, what do you, <laughs> what do you. So I don't need all that, but I do think you can do a little bit better than Zimmer. But I get and I hear your point in terms of the emotion uh, of the situation. I'll tell you something that's going to be emotional. How about the return of Marshawn Lynch? I, I hope this is amazing. Uh, I really do. We deserve in, this. Yeah, we're going to get into that next. Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish with you. You heard us right. It's a Christmas Eve. And I think we just got the biggest, best gift of all. The return of Beast Mode to the National Football League. We'll get into that next. Right here, CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. As a host of games, that will bring postseason joy for some, while others will be sent home for the holidays. It all begins with JB and the guys breaking down every scenario on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on CBS. He's back with us. He has survived the last hour in the newsroom. Uh, Peter Schwartz walking around it all. No more runs to the vet, <laughs> bleeding profusely. Uh, I'm going to try to stay room. out of trouble. Multiple layers, 50 stitches. Uh, none of that. 
You're uh, all good. I'm I'm all good. I'm I'm hoping to um, aside from follow ups and checkups. I am I am hoping to stay away from doctors. You didn't get a tetanus shot with that. I did. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Rhode Iron fence. Yeah, down the city. That's that does not have any kind it, of rust. God on knows it. what could have been. Yeah, what like, diseases in on that, that little you know grassy area of that front of that apartment? You know. Oh my god. But you know what? You live and learn. It happens. I'm here to talk about it. You are. Thank God you are. Yes. And we'll talk a little sports, too. And the Packers still have some more business to take care of in Week 17. But last night, they finished off Week 16 in the NFL by winning the NFC North as they beat the Vikings last night. 23-10 was not a thing of beauty, but Aaron Rodgers will take it. There's a lot of emphasis on looking pretty or, you know, dominating in a way that... uh, befits your uh, explanation but um, yeah that tonight was was a really good performance for us we had good balance ran the ball well we just turned it over three times um, but it doesn't matter how we get it done as long as we, as long as we get it done Aaron Jones got now, it Peter, done. I gotta ask you something somebody in the newsroom warned me yeah right said don't ask you about the bandage story and the stitches story because once I open up that can of worms yeah you will talk about it for hours is that true are you talking about Shep no, uh, the person shall go unnamed. The person, well, you, Shep, she, it I, seems I, like he looks guilty right I, now. Well, I would because guess someone, Shep. someone told me, please, yeah. for all of us, it's, it's it was Shep. It's the holidays. It was Shep. I know it was Christmas Shep. Eve. I know don't it was ask, Shep. Don't ask about the don't ask about the Christmas e. Don't ask about the Christmas party. The stitches because once you go down that path. He'll talk about it all day long. Well, when, and you'll be gone at 9 a.m. And yeah. we'll have to deal with it the rest of the when, day. When Shep told you that, when Shep told you that, obviously it's just a continuation. It was, not Shep. It was. There's no question about it. It was Shep. It feels like Shep. It's a Shep be, thing to do. Well, because I usually work with Shep on Saturday so morning. Right. So he's heard the story and, and, more than well, once. Well, right? no, because we have this friendly, unfriendly war of words. Every Saturday morning, and if I see somebody I have not seen in a while, not necessarily the injury, but something else family-related or whatever, and he'll always interject saying, nobody wants to listen to your stupid story. So when you brought that, as soon as you brought that up, immediately, I know it's Shep. Now, but is, is there any truth to what he says? If Will you be talking asked, about it like will Bogish be running from you like he runs from Zach Martin every morning? No, every. I mean, no. The, I, I asked at five fifteen. I knew how this rolls, so I got out of the way quick. Well, I'm oh, clear for the rest of the day. Oh, if somebody, oh, if somebody asks me what happened that has not heard the story, I will tell them a story. But obviously, people that already know what happened, and I feel like like the entire country knows what happened because I heard, you know, Boomer and Geo talked about it apparently on WFAN. So I had friends texting me, Boomer and Geo talking about your hand. So I feel like almost everybody must know about it. If if someone comes up to me now and asks me what happened, I'm like a little surprised because I feel like the stories had legs and everybody knows about it by now. Do you, okay, so you're not going to spend the day talking no, about it? No, no, I'm not spending the day talking. If somebody asks me about it, will I'll you give talk. Will you give Shep an update at some point this morning on how your stitches are healing? If he asks me, I'm not going to go not around. Gonna no, go no, I just don't. It's Schwartz family policy. I didn't realize, I don't there, was, I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize there was this love-hate relationship between you well, and Shep. Well, this goes back. This goes back, Moose, to the early days of CBS Sports Radio when I worked the overnights. Okay. And Shep uh, was producing. With D.A. or Amy? Uh, well, originally with, with D.A. and then and then subsequently with Amy. But okay. early on, I, I, I first got to know Shep a little bit working at Sirius. But 
he's he would always come in after the Pharrell show was over, and he just wouldn't go home. He would just like stick he didn't a, have a home to go to. Well, Peter. The, well, you know, the shelter had <laughs> only has so many vacancies. So um, he was home. He was. He was. <laughs> well, that is true about Shep. Yeah. I remember Saturday <laughs> yeah. mornings. There I were know. time where he'd be here when Maggie and I were getting set to do our show, and he'd be like, oh, "I'm coming off the overnight." He'd still be here at like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, he just doesn't want to go home. Before he became one of the producers of Mag- Moose and Maggie, which was about eight or nine different individuals over the course of four years. <laughs> yes, yes, that was a that was a job with some security to that, it. That yeah. was exactly right. Yes. So, but he would constantly stay, wouldn't go home. And would always try to engage me in a conversation where he was trying to get me to badmouth somebody else on the staff. He would he would say, "Who do you think is the worst update anchor so, at oh, the staff?" Really? He would say. Then he would come in and he would say to me, "Hold on, let me hit record." Okay, yeah. and now answer my who question. Who was your think, answer to that? I, I, <laughs> I had you, a no comment, a firm no comment. I'm not talking about Jay Berman that way. Who do you think way. the worst <laughs> on air as a person? No. No, in general, like job performance. Like he always like like to me, he wants yeah. to be a program director in the worst way. So then he would who's who who do you think is a good host around here? Who do you think who do you think is a terrible who should not be on the air here? Like constantly and there was wow. people Shep, around he's trying to get people me to behind their back people. Ooh, Shep, would you badmouth people? I didn't constantly. No, first of all, first of all, you got forgot the most important part, Moose. I am very sympathetic to what he's going through. I do think I I, I no, do think stop. and I love Pete, but let, let me say this though. I, let me say this though. He might as well work at Stu Leonard's because I've never seen someone milk a story more than Pete. Whoa! Milk a story? What are you talking Whoa! about? Look at that. Stu Leonard's a great spot for your Stu fresh milk. Is <laughs> the cow walking around? My kids love Stu Leonard's. I know it's like it's a, a great carnival. There's it's really like Disney things. World of if yeah. you need to go you to a grocery be store with the prices sometimes in there. Stu Leonard's great. You get an ice cream cone. They yes, got chickens I like or whatever. Cream. So you're yeah. milking this story for everything I'm not it's worth. milking anything. I just want it to go away. <laughs> like so, the injury. Everything's on Twitter. Everything's on Facebook. If he had, if he had Instagram. I posted it every- once. Then that didn't happen. I didn't post it again. He comments to his comments on Facebook. You retweet your own comments? No, I don't. You know, you, you comment to your own comments? Yes, on Facebook. I, yes. The on night, Facebook. No, 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 no. The night that this happened, I got home from the hospital. I tweeted and Facebooked a picture of my hand in the bandage to tell everybody what happened. I have not put any up subsequent update on the condition of my hand unless somebody privately has asked me about it. There's been nothing. So if I privately ask you about your hand, will you go to Facebook and publicly update people on your hand? No. No. Oh, okay. Well, here's my question. I think the next update would be when the stitches come out. I think right. when the stitches come out, I will think I'll provide might put, a picture. I think I'll provide a picture. I will show you a picture of what it looks like now. Uh, yeah, breakfast already. No, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> yes. I'm good. Uh, here's yes. a question from Moose and for Pete, not for Shepard or Schwartz. Um, what's longer, the Schwartz hand story or one of Shep's NBA emails? Uh, <laughs> 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 now, can I pass on that one? <laughs> Shep does a nice job with the emails. Thank you, Moose. I agree with you. <laughs> Shep does a nice job. Now, yeah, for the our... first 18 paragraphs, <laughs> now, does... I got to go to sleep. Now, let me ask you honestly, Shep, because we're – does does everyone appreciate your emails as much as I do? Hell no. Were you does to- anyone other than Moose 
appreciate your emails. Be honest. Were um, you guys, let me tell you something. Were you told <laughs> to <laughs> were you told to stop sending emails? Oh, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> by told, multiple people. Who told you to stop sending emails? <laughs> Can I, well, well, Sean Morash should be the number one culprit of that. Did the oh. company turn our email off so you can't email us <laughs> right. NBA stories? Exactly is this happened. the reason why? Is this the reason why we were hacked because no. of Chef's email? No. No, but I do know the great ones always want to have feedback from everybody. And that's why you are who you are, Moose. And that's why everyone else is who they are. Well, I am. am, That was a shot. I do appreciate the emails because he does a nice job. He's Mr. MBA, who also works over at Sirius XM MBA Radio, does stuff over there. Then comes over here with no sleep to do the morning show on Saturday. Well, but listen. Sometimes he coaches JV girls basketball. I respect that. He hustles. (laughs) Give Shep credit. He hustles, right? Sleep is for the week. Sometimes he gets here at 6 01. But. I do know this. I do. I yeah. I know. I, I can't wait to go to bed tonight. I'll be I honest with you. I, I, I pray for sleep. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, chef across the way. I appreciate the emails, but I have heard just like I've heard. I've heard the fact that Schwartz has milked this hand story for everything it's worth. I've also heard the fact that Shep people are bothered by your NBA emails. They're almost annoyed. Can I just say this, though? They want to block your email. But you know what really disturbs me about that, Moose, is that those same people don't have that conversation to my face, and that's what's really disheartening about it. Well, that's fair enough. Okay. Right thank enough. you. And, Moose, thank you for always being well, up front you're with me. At least you're honest with Schwartz. You basically tell him he's a fraud. <laughs> I, I never <laughs> said that. Face. He could be – and, and, and let, me, let me say this. Moose, you did it a long time ago. Bogus, you're still top of the, top of the game, top of the food chain, you know, king of the castle. part of the program Let now. me tell you something. Oh, nobody, when, you do, when, you do board, like when you do a board for Pete, you got to have five liners ready. you got to have five liners ready because you're more short than a person who's hungry on Thanksgiving. Whoa! The Maybe you should pay attention no to your job and push room. the button at the right time. I, I push the button at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock every Sunday or Saturday, to, Pete. You'd have to be in the studio on time to be able to push the buttons Pete, on Pete, I'm here at 5.59.50 every single morning. Whoa. Ask John yeah. Kincaid. Yeah. Thank you. Happy there we go. Yeah. Away we go on Christmas. I got to huh? work Christmas Eve more. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want to come in on Saturday mornings now. Get the popcorn ready. When does the show begin? <laughs> yeah, the three of us. Me, and, and if and if we're and if we're Line being up the chairs, if we're being three lounge chairs right in the front, I'll if get the this popcorn. Is the if we're this being is the transparent, he, if, no, no, wait, no. This go, is, go. The same guy every every Saturday morning after an update, he'll come on the headset. And he'll say, "Hey." You shouldn't have used that piece of sound. <laughs> he, criti- he criticizes everything about the update. Wow. He said, I think your lead-in was a little weak to that highlight. I mean, to the, I mean it's, it's embarrassing already. Goobers, anyone? <laughs> so if he leads with a New York highlight, I think that's a tad inappropriate. You can't kill me for that, Pete. We're not on the fan. Ooh, Yankees are in the ALCS. I lead with a Yankee I highlight. I lead with the Yankees. That's a national Yankee story. Highlight, and he thinks that it's a New York-centric update. No, in all seriousness, Pete does do he does a really good job. But let, let me say this: sometimes Are I can't you really listen. Oh, that I can't yeah. listen. Pete backtracked harder than Fred Flintstone just now. I can't listen to the first ten minutes of every show because he's talking APs in my ear off. <laughs> and you know that's true, Pete. I don't come in to talk to you. I talk to talk by Anthony about the Islanders. Oh, but it's still God. the same concept. Uh, Pierno speaks. <laughs> <laughs> Some he it's a lot on weekends. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Pete. Um, Take it away. I forgot where I was. <laughs> uh, the Panthers <laughs> reportedly interviewed former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy for their head coaching vacancy. There were a bunch of uh, NBA games last night that are meaningless. 
that Shep can probably send you an email about. And uh, we told you last hour about Rich Hill and his wife getting in trouble at the uh, at Gillette Stadium yes. on Saturday about the bag. I did do a little research on that. I mean, the, the biggest bag allowed in is 12 by 12 by 6. How big of a bag was his wife bringing in? A foot by a foot? That's a duffel bag. 12 by 12 by 6 is a a, a clear plastic or vinyl bag can be brought into Gillette Stadium with the size of 12 by 12 by 6. What in the world was she trying to bring into Gillette Stadium? I have no idea. I don't don't know that answer. I don't know. That's a big bag. That's a big bag. Yeah, And I'm Peter Schwartz. That's sports. Pete, great job. (laughs) Thank you. Good to see you this hour. Talk to you next hour. Come back. We'll talk about the return of Marshawn Lynch. I'll tell you, Saturday mornings, must listen to radio on CBS Sports Radio. Just the back and forth between Shep and Schwartz. I mean, that is is radio gold, as Steve Cohen, you would say. Who hosts that show that you guys fight on? Lundberg's on. Oh, okay. Lundberg took over for Maggie and I, Saturday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. And he's Mr. NBA. Him and Shep, basically, Uh. they're like frickin' frack. I'm still hearing the Stu Leonard's line. Oh, the, the second st- one didn't work, Shep, but that Stu Leonard's line was the well The Stu played. Leonard's line was great. Yeah. You got there. The I short know, guy on that, Thanksgiving that, was a stretch, but yeah. this, the Stu Leonard one worked. No, no, very quick. A short guy can't see the line in the food, so he's yeah. last. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah too much. Too you. much. When you have to explain it, it didn't work. The Stu Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back. We'll talk about the return of Marshawn Lynch to the Seahawks. <laughs> It's Mark Melissa's Andrew Bogus with you, CBS Portrait. Listening to CBS Sports Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all live, all the time. Yes, you certainly are, Mr. Voiceover Man. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Mark Malusis and Andrew Bogish with you for your entertainment purposes as we roll right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. Join us next hour. We're going to talk to uh, Jason Lockenfora is going to join us right around 8.20 this morning. Uh, NFL insider for CBS Sports will join Andrew and myself. And one of the topics we might hit upon with him is the return of Marshawn Lynch to the Seattle Seahawks as he has signed up for the rest of the regular season and the postseason, the rest of the year for the Seattle Seahawks, whenever that might come to an end. As we mentioned, you know, they're Rashad Penny done for the year, torn ACL a couple weeks back this past week. Uh, you saw uh, you saw Chris Carson and C.J. Proseis, their top two running backs, go down to season-ending injuries as well. Uh, so they bring in, you know, Turbin and they also and Robert Turbin and sign Marshawn Lynch. But Beast Mode is coming back to Seattle, Bogish. And I can only hope that it works. I, I can't imagine anybody is not enthralled by this. Um, apparently, he's been going crazy in workouts. He's in good shape. Uh, Pete Carroll said before they signed him officially that, you know, the, hopefully he's got four or five good games in him. That's all we would need here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, Chris Carson was having a really good season. Rashad Penny, when he got hurt, Moose was starting to really take off the former first-round pick and work really well in tandem with Carson. And then within two weeks, they lose those two guys and C.J. Procise, uh, as you mentioned. And it that sucks on one hand, but... 
It gives us Marshawn Lynch back in the NFL just in time for postseason football, which really sounds amazing. I hope it'd be a great, great story if he's actually good here, useful, and helps them win a playoff game. Now the question is, I don't disagree with any of that. The question is, what can you expect from him? I mean, what exactly? Uh, not a lot. Yeah, I mean, and that's the point. I mean, you're yeah. not going to get you're not going to get in the prime Marshawn Lynch running through the entire Saints defense kind of performance. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see him, you know, with Ponce de Leon visit the Fountain of Youth and find that kind nice of reference. Thank you very much. I'd like to see him find that once again. Uh, however, you know, you know, are we asking a little bit too much? I mean, I, I guess what are the expectations for the Seattle? They go back to a familiar name, you know, and and here's where you give the Seahawks credit. They were able to rectify that relationship after it ended the way that it ended. And, you know, he played a couple years with the Oakland Raiders and go back home and playing. And you want to see what kind of shape he is in. And certainly he's a physical running back. And he was never a guy that didn't carry a little bit of extra weight, um, you know, to him, you know, because he's a thick-bodied running back, right? So he's not Eric Dickerson running the football. But my question is, at this stage, after the inactivity here, Bogish, what do you think realistically Seattle is looking at Marshawn Lynch providing? Well, I think them also signing Robert Turbin tells you what they're expecting from Marshawn Lynch. Is um, I mean, he's not going to get 30 carries a game. All they need from the combination of those two guys is the threat of running the football, so at least you have to defend for it and not focus completely on Russell Wilson throwing um, to his different weapons up there in Seattle. So... I think, you know, combined, the two of them, if they can carry the ball, you know, 15 to 20 times and get them like three yards a carry, I think that's good enough to keep defenses honest. That's really the best. And maybe one or two kind of momentum runs in the game, whether it's short yardage to move the chains or getting the ball into the end zone from two yards out. They're not obviously going to win all of a sudden by running the football. They just need those guys to be useful to the extent that's whoever they're playing has to at least pay attention to them. Yeah, and and listen. Um, but the rust is real. The rust is real. And right? no matter what you're doing. The I mean, age is real. Right. No matter, and no matter what you're doing to work out, I mean, you could be in, in good regular shape, but he's not in football shape, and he hasn't touched the football and been in the game in a long time. Now, he's as tough as they come, so I don't think you lose that. And he's going to go out there with you know reckless abandon, but you're still going to be rusty. And they've got one important game to figure things out because this week 17 obviously matters for them before they really need him when they get to January. Well, right. And they already beat the 49ers and what was really one of the games of the year earlier yep. on in the regular season. Now the 49ers come to Seattle. It's going to be the Sunday night affair, but think about this. It's a Seattle team that is really underwhelmed past couple weeks, right? Uh, on the road in Los Angeles against the Rams. And then last week home against the Arizona Cardinals, no Gordon. Once again, drug suspension, no Carson, no Penny, no C.J. Procise. Uh, weaponry offensively, you know, Lockett has been very, very hit and miss at the wide receiver position. Metcalf has been better than really I think many anticipated when he dropped last April in the NFL draft. But it's a, a, a Seahawks team that at one point in time I probably put on a championship level, Bogish. Right now, I don't know if I put the Seattle Seahawks as a team on that kind of a level with what they've lost offensively. Yeah, I, it's it's odd, right? I mean, because I, I want to keep leaning on um, that road success, but then I'm confused by their inability to win games at home. And, it, I mean, they've, they've got four losses this year. Three of them are in Seattle. It's just it's not supposed to be like that. And I don't know what happened. Obviously, the injuries were a big problem this past weekend. Um 
But I and I know you mentioned yesterday a lot of people liked the points the Cardinals were getting in that game on Sunday, not to win outright. They right. just liked the spread. Um, but I mean they they lost by two touchdowns and couldn't stop Kenyon Drake and didn't have an answer, didn't have a plan B once those guys got injured. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm spooked a little bit by them, but I but I still think they make enough plays on defense, and Russell Wilson remains Russell Wilson. Um, I I still I I like them. I want to like I want to like them a lot. Winning road games means you're a good team in my mind, and for the most part, they've won road games this year. They're going to be seven and one at home, uh, on the road this year. So I I, I really want to like them. I, to me, like they're the ones that prevents the Niners or the Saints from getting all the way to the end. But they they have shown some pock marks over the last couple of weeks that have to give you a little cause for concern. Yeah, and speaking of concerning, Antonio Brown, right? You know, and, and everything that he's gone through this year has been concerning. Now, there was a piece on ESPN, Andrew. Did you get a chance to take a look at it? You know, I, I didn't. I, I read a little bit of it. I'll give you a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, a, a thumbnail sketch of it, right? And and basically, it's that he's trying to, you know, he wants another shot to play the game that he loves. His father, Eddie Brown. Uh, said that you know he's getting his life back in order. Um, you know he and and this is kind of goes hand in hand with kind of trying to I would say uh, change the narrative uh, around Antonio Brown, uh, which we know the narrative has been outlandish. I mean, from the accusations which have been disturbing to his behavior with uh, then the Steelers, then the Raiders, and then the Patriots. The fact that he's not on a team, we know how productive a wide receiver he is in the National Football League, you know, and and we know this: teams are willing to gamble on talent. I guess my question is: when you look at Antonio Brown, it's not happening this year, but do you think this offseason Antonio Brown finds a home once again in the National Football League? Um, I, I really don't know. I mean, I I, I think again, the NFL is slow playing this on purpose. And I think they've basically accomplished their goal here. Like they have not wrapped up this investigation. They have not decided whether he's eligible or not to play. So no one will sign him not knowing that. And here we are at week 17 and we're not going to get an answer. And yep. and that's going to basically mean he's suspended for the rest of the season. Um, I, but he's, he remains really talented. And as we've learned and discussed in other places, talent usually wins. So, yep. Once he is deemed eligible and the league moves on from this investigation, he's going to sign with a team. Well, it's interesting you say that. Do you think it comes down to it where they have to wrap up the investigation first before a team is willing to take that leap? I mean, I guess. Or do you think the team takes the leap and then the NFL hands down? The suspension. Yeah, I, I guess the offseason changes things because then your thinking's a little different where it's like, okay, if I'm going to sign him and then fingers crossed he plays a full season for me, even if he gets a four-game suspension, I'll pay him for the other 12 games he's going to be there and make a difference for. The problem right now is you go through signing him and having to explain why you're signing him, and then he plays a game, and then they suspend him for four games it's a and then all of a sudden the regular season's over and you missed him in important games. I think that's why teams were hesitant now to sign him. But it is different when you're thinking when you get to you know February, March, and April that you're going to have him for a whole year. So even if you have to miss him for a month, it's okay. But we're also dealing with really significant allegations. No, true. Which may mean 
eight games. It may mean 16 games. It might so, mean 10 games. Right. Right. They're, they're, right. It, it could be a, a significant portion. And those are not to be forgotten. I, I, and and, and not to belittle those things. But this is all. just from, a, from an NFL owner's perspective. Correct. What they care about is the math of the numbers of games missed. Now, the, the deal is, can you trust them? I the, can't. And I agree And I you. wouldn't if and, I was in charge of a team. And, and, and that's where I come down on Antonio Brown is. You know, if we just look at it in, in a vacuum and put the allegations off to the side for a second and just look at his personality as a player, as good of a player as he is, if I'm a talent evaluator and I'm a general manager, I would have a difficult time going to my owner saying, I want to sign this guy and I can trust this guy. Because ultimately, you're not bank always. You're just you're banking on the talent, but you also have to trust the individual. That person's going to be able to perform and not be a distraction. And I wouldn't be able to trust Antonio Brown. No, I'm not saying that another team's not going to go down that avenue. And I think very well he might have a job next year in the NFL. I would not be if it was my team. He would not be on my team. No, I, um, and I'm I'm with you on that. And I just I don't think you can trust him. And you know this is armchair quarterbacking for for sure from a distance but I I I still don't think that he's well I I know people spun that to you know he was a genius they got he got himself out of Oakland got himself to New England uh and then that blew up in his face immediately and then we've had these like two or three like Twitter explosions yeah you know accusing people of of blackballing him and racism and then within 12 minutes he's apologizing I didn't mean that he's all over the place he's just all over the place and I don't have any sympathy for him, but I do hope that he gets everything together just in general. Not so we can play football again, but just so we can get himself right. Malusis Bogus with you, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.